Today's episode is brought to you by Musical Theatre Radio's Merch Store. Looking for that perfect gift for someone or just want to treat yourself to some great musical theatre themed merch? Head to musicaltheaterradio.com and click on the All Things Theatre button on the homepage and check out all the different designs available. And now, today's interview. Welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theatre Radio. I am your host as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. Now, listener, obviously you enjoy listening to good podcasts. I know this because you are listening to this one right now. So I'd like to introduce you to another one you might want to check out. In the podcast Around the World in 80 Plays, you join West End theatre stars Lizzie B and Elfie Parker on the road as they tour the country and the world, performing in shows and exploring the local arts along the way. Well, today we are joined by Lizzie and Alfie to tell us a little bit about themselves, their career, and the podcast. Hello, Alfie and Lizzie. Hello. 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 Awesome. Great to have you on here. So before we get into you and the career and the podcast, always get to like to get to know our guests a little bit better. So I always ask for a 30 second bio. So Lizzie, you're on the spot. Who are you in 30 seconds? Me as an individual rather than my career. It's up to you. Do you know what? Let's do that because I think the podcast is like a really nice way to get to know us as people really, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So I'm Lizzie. Uh, my job is that I'm an actor but outside of my job, uh, I'm obsessed with our dog, Dolly. You will hear a lot about her today and on the podcast. Uh, my favourite colour is orange. I think that's a good fact. That's a nice, happy colour. Um, I love reading. Um, I obviously love the theatre, doing it and watching it. And I love just chilling out and watching a lovely true crime documentary. That's another passion of mine. So... That's kind of me as a person. Alfie, what about you? Whoa. Uh, yes, hello. I am also an actor. Um, but me, yes, I am a fat, bald man um, who likes pizza uh, and gaming. I, I I have a PlayStation. I like, I like scoring goals and um, fighting crime and shooting aliens. Um, and what do I like? Well, yeah, pizza, gaming, the dog. The dog, <laughs> the dog is my life. Um, and I used to work at McDonald's. Um, and yeah, that's me. What question? I guess PlayStation one, two, three, four, or five? Five. But which is the best of one, two, three, or five? Five. <sighs> ah, yeah. Five's quick, but hey, I, for me, it. it, it it was all about the PS2. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It was That's a big yeah. jump from the first one, yeah. wasn't it, in terms of technology? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. Half a point for you. I don't know what the points are, but I'm giving you half a point for that. <laughs> But actually, no, that's not true, Alfie. I'm giving you another half point because I went after listening to the first episode of the uh, your podcast. Pineapple does go on pizza. Sorry, it does. It, yeah, it does. Yeah. It yeah. does. I'm sorry. Yeah, from from the country that created the Hawaiian pizza, I'm saying should go on pizza. It's you know? good. So, it is yeah. good. So in this hypothetical, Alfie, you're already up by one. I don't know what it means, but <laughs> I'm thriving. I'm thriving in this. <laughs> so so I guess 
were you were both of you always into musical theater growing up? Lizzie, you can answer this first. Or or is that something you discovered a little bit later in life? No, it's actually a good question because I think we all have completely different answers to it. So I um I'm a middle child, right? So I and I have kind of like all of the traits of that. Like I was a bit of a show off as a kid, like loved being the center of attention. And I think to kind of um channel that energy my dad actually um like signed me up to do some amateur dramatics as a kid and I just absolutely loved it so yeah I would sing dance act as a kid nothing professional I don't think I ever thought I would do it professionally um and then actually as I got older it kind of dwindled a bit because I was very academic I loved school I had a real interest in history and so when I was kind of deciding what I wanted to do, I actually ended up going to do a history degree uh, at UCL. I have a BA in ancient history and Egyptology. Very useful degree, I'm sure you can imagine. Um, and then whilst I was at uni, just did a lot more performing and kind of was like, do you know what, actually, I'm at my happiest when I'm doing this and I think I'll regret it if I don't give it a go and then kind of accidentally fell into doing it as a job. So it was a kind of roller coaster ride of realizing that it's what I wanted to do. But it's always since I was six kind of been a massive passion of mine. Um, but yeah, Alfie's answer will be totally different, I think. Yeah, very different. I um I did a little bit of theatre, I guess, when I was young, young, as kind of like in the ensemble of a panto when I was probably around seven or eight. Um, but I always wanted to kind of, when I got older, was to try and play rugby and become a professional rugby player, really. Um, and then I found out I had a, I have a benign brain cyst, which doesn't mean anything particularly. It just means there's a cloud in my scans. Uh, but I thought it was probably not the best move to you know be tackling cheek to cheek with that going on so the only thing I was really kind of good at at high school was drama um I was kind of in top set for everything at school I was quite academic but I like to try and kind of put as least the least amount of effort in as possible and kind of scrape my grades um but I, I was quite passionate about drama so I kind of just fell into it through that and through not being able to pursue rugby. Um, and yeah, I, I did two years at college level um, and then two years at university level, where I'm from locally in Worthing uh, in West Sussex, and then went to the Royal Academy of Music in London uh, to do my postgrad diploma. Um, I was the youngest in my course. That was quite scary, actually. Um, so I, I kind of, they let me in, even though I didn't have a full degree. So I'm very fortunate that actually I, I could go because technically I probably shouldn't have gone. Um, but hey, they were desperate. There, there was an article in the uh, stage newspaper that said the Royal Academy is looking for a certain type of man. And clearly they were looking for short fat men. I mean, I, I mean, I had hair at the time, so <laughs> I wasn't bald. Uh, but they were clearly looking for funny people. And I, um, I you know, tipped the box. And then, yeah, I, I guess through then, uh, from then, that's kind of been my life. been very fortunate with bumping into agents and my, my first agent who I always like to shout about called Lisa Hull, who took a punt on me uh, when I first graduated. And sadly, I'm not with her anymore due to COVID and her closing her books. But yeah, um, yeah, 
very fortunate I kind of fell into it in a different route. Never thought I would be a professional performer either. Never. Nice. Lizzie, I'm always I'm always curious um when people choose their careers, because obviously you went you went for for history. Uh, well, first of all, why Egypt? Like my, my sister went to the UK to study uh Chinese archaeology. Um, why did you choose uh Egyptian? So I think the way that the um that history is taught in schools in the UK, you essentially just repeat the same syllabus but in more detail as you get older. So I found that all I was learning about was World War II, the Tudors, and maybe a bit of like um, Martin Luther King thrown in there, all of which is extremely interesting and important history. But I just thought, I want to go and do something that I don't really know a huge amount about, but I'm very interested in and kind of start from scratch because then for three years I can, you know, delve into something which is a bit more unique and it will kind of like make sure that for three years I'm really, really interested in, in what I'm learning. Because doing a degree, it's you are having to do something so in-depth, you know, and I had to like write a dissertation as part of it and everything. And it's so such a microscopic view of something that I just thought I think it all I will be more passionate about it if it's something that I haven't already done a huge amount of and I loved it and UCL was the most amazing university because it's um one of the world's leading Egyptology universities um around the corner from the British Museum so I'd go there all the time um and I just, I loved it. It was like my dream come true that I was surrounded by clever people who were passionate about the same thing that I was passionate about. And um, yeah, it's kind of what I always wanted. So I had an amazing three years doing that, definitely. So now I'm curious, how'd you go from, you know, learning about the pharaohs to learning about phantom? <laughs> um, it's It's a bizarre story, to be honest. So when I went to university, I'd kind of decided to stop performing because I really wanted to focus on my degree. Um, and I don't know what it's like with other countries, but basically when you go to university in the UK, the first week there is if we have this thing called freshers week, where basically you, you kind of get, get initiated into all things university, all things extracurricular. And, um, I went on a few nights out that week and I kept bumping into this guy called Richard Upton, who I had met when I was 13 doing a drama course. And I bumped into him and I was like, what? Like, why are you here? And he was like, oh, I'm at UCL as well. And I think he was doing some science-y degree. And he was like, you should come and do musical theatre society. And I was like, no, 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 I've given it up. I'm not doing it anymore. And I bumped into him three times that week, just by pure coincidence out of thousands of people at UCL. And I was like, this is a sign. Like, I can't I can't ignore this sign. Um, went and joined Musical Theatre Society and, you know, it took over my life. I probably did more musical theatre than history for three years. And um, 
Richard then wore me down even more and made me go and audition for something called National Youth Music Theatre. And that's how I ended up getting my agent. And, and honestly, it was just like accident after accident that kind of led me down this path of people saying, do you know what? I actually think you should be an actor. Mm. And I, I, I promise I tried to fight it off for as long as I could. And then I just thought, I feel like if people are telling me that I should do it, I don't think they're saying that to everyone. So do you know what? Maybe I will just give it a go and yeah just sort of stumbled into doing it by accident but I'm very happy now um because I love it and you know luckily I've made a success of it and it the the risk kind of paid off so Alfie question how did the parallel lines of the history student and the music student finally you know meet we uh we met on a job um called kinky boots uh if, if if you know that musical mm -hmm. uh we met doing the uk tour uh which is funny because we actually originally based hometowns are very close to each other they're probably like a stone's throw away so we mm -hmm. could probably catch the train 20 minutes and we would have bumped into each other but we'd never our paths have never crossed yeah um and then yeah i overheard that lizzie uh lived in little Hampton and I was based in Worthing at the time and the train went through Worthing and I was like, oh, we should we should catch the train together uh, to our first venue, Northampton. Uh, and then I found out Lizzie was kind of vegan. So I, I cooked some vegan sausage rolls out the freezer and uh, apparently that's coursing. It wasn't coursing at the time, it was just being nice. Um, uh, but yes, uh, Lizzie, you can shake your head, but I promise. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then and then we worked together for 16 months on that job that was fun you fell madly in love with me didn't you Alfie? i did it's true <laughs> it's true straight away first day of rehearsals apparently um <laughs> no yeah just kind of working together i think in northampton and working closely together and just getting to know getting to know each other really um but yes then i did fall madly in love with you i mean look at us now so <laughs> <laughs> but, well the question is Lizzie, what made you fall madly in love with him was it the sausage rolls well, I think the sausage rolls was a sneaky move by Alfie, but he claims it wasn't. <laughs> but it honestly, I mean, you've only just met Alfie, but I just think he just radiates being one of the nicest people you will ever meet in your life. Um, and we had a really long train journey together to the first venue. I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, this guy is just, so nice and so personable and so laid back and it was like the antithesis of me like Alfie will tell you I can get so stressed and like overthink stuff and I'm not very good at being spontaneous and and Alfie's like the complete opposite um and we had all these weird things in common and it was just I don't know it was I just remember finishing that train journey and I like, texted my friend and I was like, I just got the train with a, a guy from my cast and he's really nice. And, and I think it's going to be really nice, like spending time with him. And I don't think I kind of thought it was anything more than that. And then the more we kind of spent time with each other, it just, I don't know, it just felt easy. And all of my friends who'd kind of like been in relationships and were so happy had always said to me like, 
you'll just know you'll just know when it's really easy and it, you're like feeling excited and it's not stressful and you're not having to chase someone and all of those things which you do before because you think you have to put loads of pressure on it it was mm. kind of the first time ever that and I think you'd say the same it just didn't there was nothing stressful about it we just really enjoyed spending time with each other which we still do five years later and yeah just I don't know it's just like we sort of went right let's do it then that's it it's the laughter side of things, you know. We make it. I think we 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 always made each other laugh, and I, I can see that being something that is probably like the first pillar of our relationship. I mm. think till we die when we're <laughs> that's cheerful. Uh, you know, I think that is you know it's kind of built upon. We 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 make each other belly laugh every day, um, even when we're annoyed or upset with whatever life. We can still make each other laugh and smile. Very nice. Very cool. Well, you're five years, as you said, into your relationship. Naturally, the next step is to start a podcast, right? So um, I think that's what's happening with mine. And so um, (laughs) what made you want to start the podcast? What was the impetus? What's the history behind that? Yeah. So during COVID, obviously, things in our industry are extremely quiet. And um, I was... I'm going to use the word lucky, even though that word and COVID don't usually go hand in hand. But I was quite lucky during COVID because a couple of months before the pandemic, I had been announced as the lead in Hairspray. So where a lot of people went into the pandemic thinking, oh, my gosh, I have nothing lined up. And now I'm however many years behind because I am i don't have anything happening. I weirdly all of a sudden had this massive kind of presence in our industry because I was sitting pretty going, oh, well, I'm doing hairspray at the end of this and maybe I can kind of, you know, use this spotlight that's on me throughout the pandemic to build a bit more of a presence and started doing like some online concerts and all of that kind of stuff. And then... um. Aaron, who runs uh, Thrash and Treasure, another wonderful podcast, uh, contacted me and was like, I have this podcast. I'd love you and Alfie to come on it. Um, And we looked at it and we were like, this podcast looks so good. Like, I've never listened to metal music in my life. But I was like, what a brilliant concept for a podcast. So Alfie and I did it. We had an amazing time. And then we've just kept in contact with Aaron since we just kind of had this brilliant rapport with him. And, you know, we were just chatting one day and he was like, would you and Alfie be interested in like having your own podcast? I just think it would be so interesting for people to kind of hear more about the touring side of theatre in the UK. We sort of said, oh, Aaron do you think people would want to listen to us just chatting rubbish? And it turns out they do. So who knew? Um, but we love it. It's it's honestly been such a gift getting to do it together because, I mean, you've listened to it. We just laugh the whole way through. And um, we get to talk about the dog and, and all of those wonderful things that we love. And, and we're so grateful that Aaron kind of, was the impetus 
into doing it because we just love it. Yeah, yeah, and it's and and the podcast is fun because we enjoy doing it, and also, I I I think it is informative as well. You know, it's got it's got a nice balance. I think of you know we really try and make it so the listeners learn a bit about us, but also learn. Uh, you know about the other side of the theatre industry here especially touring which is what we're discussing it's kind of I think there's this big concept of that people think you go ah you're an actor on a tour of of a show like Sistrax oh you must get driven everywhere I assume you have a driver and a or they they must put you in lovely hotels and, and and you know we do get looked after of course but it's nowhere near to the level that people would assume you know yeah. uh it's it, it's been very fun and like you say Aaron Aaron was very much just like, make it your own, do what you want. Gave us kind of like a brief kind of, as long as you tick these three boxes in it, then it's all good. It's been very fun. And it's all about Dolly. So she loves it as well. <laughs> so let, let's talk about the third member of the the show, Dolly. Tell us a little bit about Dolly. Go on, Alfie. Oh. Alfie's <laughs> the reason we have her, to be honest. Me? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Lizzie, during COVID, gave me the option of either furniture uh, or a dog. Um, <laughs> so basically, basically, during COVID, I was sat on a beanbag and Lizzie was sat on an armchair, actually. You, yeah. you had an armchair. I was sat on a beanbag or sometimes a camping chair, if I was lucky, um, in our lounge. And I'd, I'd always been seeing on Instagram about um, dogs from Romania and they, they always came up, uh, these the street dogs. And I was really like, oh, quite interested. It was something that I really wanted to maybe explore. And we went on every list possible to try and get a rescue dog from the UK. Uh, but because we are in a flat without its private garden, it was just never going to happen. It just never. Um, but we kind of got into communication with Poor Prince to Freedom, the charity where Dolly is from, um, where they basically rescue dogs from shelters um, which are going to be put down in Romania uh, and they collect them and they drive them all the way to the UK and um, find them a forever home really um, and yeah that's kind of how we found her it was all kind of it was all kind of it was it was lucky I would say it was, it was yeah it really was, was it, like fate. it just felt like we'd waited so long because before we were even looking, we knew we wanted a dog. Like we moved into a rental property where we knew we could have a dog. We got it all signed off by our building management. Um, and then COVID happened and everyone was getting a dog. And it was like, we'd taken 10 steps back. And then with Paw Prince, they literally just said, look, as long as you've got a loving home and you want a dog, that's all we care about. And they just said, we can tell you are ready to have a dog. You've done the research you need to do. They said it might take a couple of months, but we'll get you one. Two days later, they rang us mm. and said, we've just had a failed foster and we think she would be a perfect fit for you. And um, we'll send you through some pictures, sent them through and we saw Dolly and we were like, we'll have her. That was it. We, saw, you. <laughs> we saw Dolly and thought, oh, she's very small. <laughs> yeah, we thought she was <laughs> tiny. She's not. She's, she's definitely not. not. She's a chunky, medium-sized dog. She's like <laughs> running around their garden with their other dog and just looked, you know, you could see that already she had this new life, this new lease of life, just being in the UK and, and wanted love and 
you know, when we got her, oh my gosh, it was it was heartbreaking. She was so thin, which again, she is definitely not now. Um, you couldn't put a lead on her. She was like sick on the car journey home. Um, but it took a lot of work, but we were prepared. There were moments where we were both questioning our life choices, but she has absolutely changed our lives for the better and it's the best thing we've ever done and you know especially you i mean it's literally changed your life hasn't yeah it, dog? yeah i mean like, like a little brief kind of i'll i'll do a recap uh, but so dolly is my emotional support dog now um so when we met on kinky boots i got concussion during the show uh that left me i i guess a little bit all over the shop uh but it exacerbated some mental health um things I didn't know I had previously. Uh, and one of those was anxiety and I was diagnosed with GAD uh, and that was all through that concussion. But then having Dolly through COVID, um, I actually still haven't started, but uh, since then I've been on antidepressants called sertraline. But talking to my doctor and having Dolly and things, I'm hopefully going to be off those relatively soon. And that is all thanks to Dolly as well and the support of Lizzie and of, of course, but Dolly is um Dolly's a good uh, mental health practitioner. I, I would say <laughs> she's uh she she's a good nurse. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I I have a lot to thank for for Dolly. She's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you the three of you, I'm gonna say, are on tour with Sister Act. Yes. Um. So tell us a little bit. You know, how did you get that, and how do you incorporate you know your tour into the the podcast and what you talk about, and how do you decide what to talk about and all that sort of thing yeah so obviously it is extremely rare that as a couple we were in a show together so i think that was another massive kind of impetus to do the podcast because even though we're in the same show we probably have quite a different experience doing it and you know our tracks during the show are like very different and all of that kind of stuff and so um each episode is a different venue of the tour. So we talk a little bit about the local area and Alfie has a segment. Yes, the best segment, I would say. Uh, what did Dolly do? Where uh, basically we find something, um, an event or something to experience in every venue we go to, uh, which is dog friendly or accessible for the dog. And we, uh, we go and explore and review and come back. Yeah, we'll kind of talk about a bit of the history of the theatre and then each week we'll also have a different segment so it might be uh, a spotlight on the orchestra or talking about stage door etiquette something like that um which kind of adds another more generalized twist onto it something about the theatre industry that people wouldn't normally get to hear about we also uh have a fan questions uh segment so people can ask questions uh, about stuff that they would like to hear about so it's kind of like a mishmash of different stuff but mainly just us talking rubbish yeah, yeah i guess fun fun rubbish fun rubbish fun interesting rubbish it's a miracle alfie hasn't been cancelled yet some of the things that come out <laughs> but it keeps it fresh and exciting there's a risk factor isn't there there's a risk factor look 
it's 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 un, it's uncensored. I I don't like to prepare what I say. <laughs> Nothing I say is malicious. I, I should put that out there. Alfie's the least malicious person that's ever existed. He just sometimes there isn't like a thought before his mouth opens. No, that's it. But that that's us, and I think all of our friends who listen to it are like guys. It's it's just like chatting to you in person, and and like that's what we want. I feel like, I mean, we're barking mad. So it kind of has to be yeah, kooky crazy. Yeah, you know? it'd be strange doing a podcast Not where... serious. Why, and also, why Why would we be people that we're not? Yeah. I think people want to tune in to learn about maybe the touring aspect, but then also learn a bit about us, and they won't get that experience if we're robotic and not, yeah. not getting cancelled, they came in. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where is the tour going? And has there been any places you've been so far? That you went, wow, I, I didn't know that I would like this so much because of an experience or something that was there. Yeah, so in terms of the last bit that you've just spoken about, the place that always sticks out to me, and this was actually before Alfie joined the tour, but I got to go to a place in Ireland called Kalani, which I didn't even know existed. Normally with the tours, you'll do like Dublin and Belfast and that's it. But sister act has actually done a lot more of Ireland. Like you're going to Cork and Derry. Derry. Um, but I went to this place called Kalani and it is the most beautiful place I have ever been to in my life. Um, we did this boat excursion mm. um, where we sort of went to all the lakes of Kalani. People can Google it, you'll see pictures. It is just magical. And it was just one of those days when you feel where you were like, why would I have done this otherwise? You know, it was like that aspect of being on tour that lets you see all these places you would never have been to otherwise. Um, and also what I will say is the cast of Sister Acts are just the best group of people. Um, also there were dogs on my boat. So I was in heaven. Um, <laughs> It was honestly just the most beautiful day. Um, and I'm sure the places in Ireland you're going to will be amazing as well. But um, Alfie is staying on the tour. I am actually, I've actually left the tour now and I'm doing it in London. So Alfie is kind of heading up the, the touring aspect. So you've got a few places you're excited to go to this year, I think. Yeah, I think uh, Buck oh, uh, Buxton for me, um, it was where I did my first ever professional job. Uh, a lad in the pantomime where I play the policeman. Uh, so Nick the cop, actually, I'll have you know. Um, so I'm excited to go back there because that'd be full circle uh, for me anyway. Um, it's also where I'm going to have my 30th birthday. So that'll be quite nice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um Buxton's up there. Ireland, I am looking forward to. Yeah, because... it's just Ireland's always a treat because... The vibe, it's like, I don't know, it's just so unique in Ireland. It's just raucous wherever you turn, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? And um, Brighton and Eastbourne, because um, we live in Brighton and it's very rare that I've never toured here. So that would be nice to actually be at home. And Eastbourne is just down the road from us, so I commute there as well. And that is a blessing when you live in the south, because normally tours either do around London for a bit and then they're up north 
So it's quite nice to be down south for a bit. Uh, and we have quite a lot of holiday on this next leg of the tour. No, so we'll actually get to see you. So, yeah, there's there's been a bit of like a, a theatre thing with the cement concrete. Yeah. Uh, that's a different story where there's kind of a, a grading health and safety wise on some of the concrete they've used. Oh. So some of the venues can't have us. So I have quite a lot of holiday. Random, hey, if, if you like, if you're listening, listeners, uh, do your research on concrete and cement on in UK places. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I've got some holiday weeks, but yeah, I'm excited for the tour, and it will be nice to kind of do. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll be doing the same show because it's the same production at the exact same time, but just in different places, which I think is quite cute. Yeah. So, so there'll just be a little bit of a modification of the the podcast because you're not touring together, but you know, it'll you know still doing the podcast, but just a little slight difference now. I guess. Yeah. If anything, yeah. I think there'll be more material because yeah. we will have two versions of the show to talk about. And doing a show in London and doing a show on tour, the experiences are they could not be more different. Um. I will probably have a bit more consistency in my life and I will have Dolly at home with me as well because we kind of spoke about it's not really fair to make her be away if she doesn't need to be and she can be at home with me and have all her home comforts. But, you know, it means I get to take her to do exciting things, which I haven't been able to do because Alfie's stolen her off me <laughs> for the past however many months it was. Um <laughs> But then Alfie will come home and he can have her. And it'll, it'll just, I think it's going to be a really nice balance of talking about how you can be doing the same show, but with two completely different experiences. Yeah. And I've just realised that my favourite segment's going to have to change, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, what did Alfie do? What did Alf do? <laughs> Which is slightly different, isn't it? Yeah. Went, played my PlayStation. Played, played my PlayStation, went to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So, congratulations on the podcast, uh, on the tour, the show, and everything. Uh, I guess, what have you got? Uh, do you have anything in the pipeline you want to promote? I guess you're both on in the shows, but is, is there anything else you want to promote? Just Sister at the Musical, Forever and Ever Amen, I think, is is what our life feels like at the moment. Yeah, and but, hey. but I, that, made, that made it sound really negative. Honestly, Sister Act has been the gift that keeps on giving. And the longer we can stay in this production, we are very happy. It is a wonderful show that I know we are both so proud to be a part of and the success that this production has had. I mean, how many shows can say that they've got a tour and a London production and a Dutch production, an Australian production in the pipeline? Apparently it's going to Broadway at some point. Like, it is taking over the world. It is so amazing. And for us to say that we have been with it since, I mean, me since the beginning and you pretty much, it, it's amazing. And um, if they want to keep employing us, we will be there. Hey, I, I, <laughs> I, I can only reiterate, I've, I've said it before. If I get a phone call and they say, hey, Alf, we need you in Timbuktu to play Eddie, I'll be there. Um, I I love the part. I love the show. Um, and I'm I will I'll always be proud to say that I uh, that 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 I was part of the Sister Act family, hundred percent. 
Very cool. Very cool. So how do, how do people get to learn more about you, the socials, the websites, the, how to get to the podcast, all that fun stuff? Yeah. So uh, personally, we're both on all of the social media. If you type in Lizzie B on Instagram, Facebook and X and the same with Alfie Parker, you well, for Alfie, you'll either find him or Alfie Parker Jr., the Broadway actor, which we like to have a laugh about because they could not look more different. But Alfie, to reiterate, <laughs> is the short, white, fat man. bald man. Fat bald man. <laughs> I, I just, I did that. I looked up, I looked at Alfie Parker, and then I, this picture, I was like, I don't think yeah. that's the one. Slightly different <laughs> casting. I am, yeah. I am, you know, hands up. I'm a very versatile actor, but I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah and then with the podcast it's around the world in 80 plays and that's the number eight zero um and again we're on all of them so you'll find us there you can listen to it on all of the uh podcast and streaming platforms um and i think you guys will love it. if you've enjoyed this this is essentially what it is so uh yeah if you've enjoyed this you'll enjoy the podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. Congratulations on everything. And uh, say hello to Dolly for me when you have a chance. We will. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much. Awesome. We were just speaking with Lizzie B and Alfie Parker. And unfortunately, not Dolly this time, but maybe next time. Maybe we'll do an entire show just Dolly. Um, I don't know how that will work, but we'll figure it out. Um, They have a podcast around the world in 80 plays. You'll definitely want to check that out. And if you are in the UK, go see Sister Act. Um, because it is a great show to go see. All right, tune in next week as we'll speak with another guest or guests about their life, love, and passion that is musical theater. I am your host as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff, and until next time, I'll see you when I see you. <laughs>